And like, I don't know, like, should I start watching Chicago Fire? Brunch! Hit it, boys! Okay, we're recording and happy Pride Month. And hey, Ellen, Ellen is with us. Hello. Sup, sup, sup. It's been a minute. It has been very long and I've missed you very much. I'm very happy to co-host with you today. Not quite as fun as the Pride Month that we had last year. I know. Oh, yeah. It was all of us together. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was thinking about that recently. Um, a, Pride, a lot of fun, but also because following the everyone's a narcissist rule, I was also like, oh, yeah, this is the one year anniversary of me trying uh, spiked seltzer. I'd never had oh, spiked yeah. seltzer before. And, what a uh, great memory. It was awesome. We went to like this awesome block party and Pete was uh, I, I, I didn't know there was like a, a, a pregame or whatever. So I showed up to what I thought was the party, but instead it was a pregame. I had no alcohol. Pete gave me like one of your uh, spiked seltzers. I was like. Hell yeah. And then the place where we went had spiked seltzers and Bud Lights. And we were like, want to do spiked seltzers all day? It was. And we did a grocery store trip and got more spiked seltzers. Oh my God. That was so funny. We definitely did an episode on this. Yeah. Yeah. And I created a mess in the grocery store, didn't I? Yeah. One of us did. Uh, We got iced coffees. You'd never been to Wegmans before, right? Nope. So we. We, Still in my mind, I've never been to Wegmans, but I have. That's true. We went from uh, we Ubered from like the the party to Wegmans because there's a Wegmans near me, and I was like, "Yo, we're gonna get like everything we could ever want." Wegmans has it, so like we were like definitely fading. We had quite a few uh, spike desses, and I was like, "Yo, this place you can go get iced coffee. Let's get some iced coffee. Let's get that second wind." So we got iced coffee. We we're like, "All right." Now let's get some stuff for this cookout. Let's get some more spiked seltzers. Let's get some stuff to grill. And when we went to the alcohol section of Wegmans, I don't know if I don't know if I want to blame you for this. It could have also been me. I don't know who did this, but one I think of it was us, probably me. It was definitely best guess, Pete. probably okay. me. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll let you take the blame. Uh, <laughs> you probably left me because that's what you like to do. And right, so yeah, that, that sounds more right. <laughs> yeah. So so you probably made a mess, and then I probably screamed like <laughs> mess and ran away and. <laughs> left you to, to to face all the damage did you break but anything no i just put uh he put his iced coffee on a stack of uh foam coolers which honestly aesthetically it looks like that's a pretty sturdy thing but then you forget that each phone nothing cooler weighs absolutely nothing <laughs> so it's like zero ounces times I don't know, 50, which equals zero. Like the whole thing doesn't even weigh a, a, a pound. So Pete put the iced coffee on it. Just imme- all of them immediately fell. Iced coffee went all over the place. That's so embarrassing. Well, for not for me, because I, I don't say, remember yeah, it. I'm pretty sure that, that in general we were so embarrassing. <laughs> a, I mean, we walked in and I was like, yo, check this shit out. You can get iced coffee. So like that was imba- anybody who walked past that. <laughs> like, All right. This is embarrassing for these people. It was embarrassing that that uh, they let us buy alcohol after that happened in the store. That's very. We're true. like, yeah, these guys need booze. Uh, not to bring up uh, multiple times I've been canceled now, but uh, one time I uh, got canceled by some people on Twitter because they're at Wegmans. They were giving out 
they were giving out samples of something. They were giving out samples of of tequila, and I remember like I I don't drink tequila anyway because I just think it, it can make people too crazy. So I I generally stay away from it. So I tweeted something like Wegmans is giving out samples of tequila. I don't drink tequila when I'm trying to turn up, yet they're giving it to like out to, to like 75 year olds who can't find the ham thought it was a fun little joke <laughs> and people were big mad they thought were they it was age shaming or tequila I think, shaming i i think i think they were they they thought that i was saying like old people can't drink tequila my argument was like nobody can drink tequila That's, yeah. but you're giving it to any uh any joe or jane that that walks in there so there's there's a wide range of people that are getting that and probably a wide range of behaviors that you're gonna end up getting but uh yeah happy pride month uh very or happy yeah happy month june all of it i think it's all yeah all it's june. Month, it's, it's all yeah. june but there's always but I, there's the one weekend that everybody really turns the hell up which right. is, is wrong they should turn up the entire month yeah I mean, celebrate. I was going to say celebrate everybody, but that had some like that had some potential all lives matter, all lives yeah. matter energy, energy to, it. to it. And I yeah. definitely not trying to say that, but uh, yeah, so celebrate everyone. You well, everybody should celebrate Pride Month, right? That's uh, the way. That's what you're going for, I think. Exactly. Uh, so, and that includes us celebrating SpongeBob. You see that? Yes, that's true. Yeah, SpongeBob. Nickelodeon, big gay. Nickelodeon has announced or revealed i guess because they didn't they they put it in a graphic um they uh, a graphic about like celebrate your your gay heroes or like lgbtq heroes and spongebob was one of them and that's all i don't i haven't seen spongebob the only thing i know about spongebob is like there is some correlation with ween and that i think everyone on the show hates him i think that's like the the gist of spongebob no 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 not not like a lot of people hate him like they're like his, he's got a lot of energy, and a lot of people uh, can't keep up with his energy. Right. So I, I guess, like, he can be, um, I don't know, is there some, like, sort of Urkel quality to him? Like, where, like, he'll <laughs> yeah. walk into, like, his work, and everyone's like, oh, no, it's a SpongeBob show. Like, right? No, because he's always in a good mood. Yeah, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. Okay, so, yeah, that, that's Urkel, I guess. Was Urkel the original yeah. SpongeBob, my column? Uh, <laughs> but, so Nickelodeon revealed that. However... Steven uh, Hillenberg, is that his name? Yes. Uh, Hillenbrand, Hill- maybe? That, that would be... Something like that. that. That's an overrated third baseman from the early 2000s. Shea Hillenbrand? Yeah. Oh, my Who God. Also, also what was everybody's not, deal with Shea Hillenbrand? Not LGBTQ friendly. He really? Theo, Theo Epstein, the, the F word, the hard F word. Oh, brutal. You don't remember that? He, uh, uh, there, something happened... Where uh, Shea Hillenbrand, there were some trade rumors around him before he actually got traded to the Diamondbacks, and he did something well, and he he said to Theo Epstein, "Trade me now, hard F." Man, and was so that, quoted as saying that, and then he got traded like a week later. So it is crazy that we're not too far removed from like every now and then, like a casual hard like F an athlete, but but like in the press. Like an yeah. athlete would say so, like a, an athlete or like a quote unquote, a big public figure. I was going to say potential role model, but I think that I don't well, know. Brands, your your role right. model. You you maybe shoot a little bit higher. S- side note: I'm starting to move away from the like athletes shouldn't be your role models because there definitely are examples of athletes now that were that are like very great role models. Michael Holly wrote a thing um, saying that just how much like the athlete's voice has changed over the years. He said that when he, his first time like covering the NBA, 
It was when the Cavaliers were in the playoffs and in back-to-back rounds, they faced Michael Jordan and uh, Larry Bird. And this was around the time of the Rodney King riots. And like neither Michael Jordan nor Larry Bird were talking about that sort of stuff. And it was just like expected that they weren't going to talk. Like, why would they talk about that? These are athletes. This is their job and everything. So like, it is crazy how much the athlete's voice has kind of changed. So I think after years and years of trying to correct the, don't make these guys your role models, you don't necessarily know what they're all about. We are kind of finding out that a lot of athletes are about potentially bad things, but like the, the Jalen Browns, Devin McCourty's of the world mm-hmm. are like unbelievable citizens in their spare time. So a lot well, of I think also a big models. part of that now is like the media is like, tell us what you're all about. They don't That's have a true. choice to like to be on the sidelines. Uh, shout out Dave Chappelle for weighing in on our, we, we were quite confused in the last episode over um, the make a statement kind of pressure that was existing with everything. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the pressure on like the average person to tell their friends to make a statement is different than like Don Lemon asking Dave Chappelle, who's like one of the most prominent black voices in, in America or really most prominent voices in America to make a statement when he's kind of been talking about this stuff all the time. But I, Dave Chappelle put that well, like I've kind of, I've, I've always been saying what I'm saying. And now this is a moment where, the actual community and like the whole world is kind of making a statement. Anyway, yeah. uh, I said that to Ellen. I, I like was talking about Dave Chappelle's thing. And I was like, uh, I was like, he was basically talking about like, now's not a time for him to make a statement. It's time for like the streets to talk. And she immediately was like, well, Dave Chappelle has been talking about this for like the past 20 years. So, Oh yeah. Well, that's why I don't like this statement culture. Cause it's like, we've, if anyone's been listening, they've been saying this for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Like, that's why he left the Chappelle show in the first place. Yeah, it, the, the yeah we've we're getting into uh, there's there, we're getting into a, a bit of a uh, uh, I was gonna say culture crisis but that that sounds wrong but like uh, in, as far as like statement culture uh, certainly cancel culture which is getting out of hand I saw an awesome graphic uh, on Instagram that I shared in my story that was basically trying to get to the root of like why primarily white people are so uh, are just constantly trying to like kick each other out and cancel one another. And it said it basically boiled down to, it's kind of something that Pete and I talked about last week. It boils down to like you, you think that you are the most right. So instead of helping people who are less right or less aware than you, you, push them away to show just how much better you are than, than them. So, so you kind of stand out in this high regard and form of self-validation. Right. Which I mean that, that, that can, you, you can draw that to like various aspects of like self-esteem and, and things like that. So I don't think that maybe everyone's doing it maliciously, but I think we all agree it's, it's not healthy and it's uh, it's not productive. Like we, we talked about the, the Drew Brees thing last week, like the goal is for Drew Brees to get it. And the, the goal, like the goal is for somebody with Drew Brees' platform to be a better role model, mm-hmm. share a better message, understand it. And if we just taped Drew Brees' mouth shut after he said the million stupid thing he said, and God, has that guy really taken his time with getting up to speed, then I think a lot of people will just look at Drew Brees as maybe like a, a this political martyr that Drew Brees didn't even sign up to be and be like, okay, well, these lines are clearly drawn and you're either on this side or the other. And I think that uh, 
a lot of white people right now should be trying to get everybody on the same page and taking those positive steps that eventually Drew Brees was, was able to take. Uh, anyway, Nickelodeon <laughs> said that SpongeBob was gay despite Steven Hillenberg saying that SpongeBob was not gay. And he said, well, no, he said that, that SpongeBob was asexual. And I think that it's fantastic that uh, SpongeBob, a beloved character, someone everyone knows, is, uh, is, is gay. I'm just but also finally having sex. Yeah, That's, wait, how do sponges procreate in the wild? I don't know. I would, guess they, I would guess it would be tough because they use the sponge. <laughs> hey! There's a, there's, a, there's a limited quantity. You got to find out who's sponge worthy. Right, who's sponge worthy. Uh, that, that's what their dating app is called. Sponge-worthy. <laughs> sponge-worthy. Uh, that actually would be great. A, a dating app for Seinfeld fans called Spongeworthy. Be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, is, is SpongeBob a top or bottom? Mm. What uh, do you mean? That's disgusting. Don't I just feel like we're disrespecting him. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say like the move is to get into the actual like well, I want to know of SpongeBob I'm curious. sex life. But I don't know. I, I'm allowed I do to be find curious. It, I do find it a little uh, strange that, and again, I think I think SpongeBob being a gay character is the best and great. However, <laughs> to change to change a character to like wait until the creator of the character dies of ALS to be, and it's not necessarily an ALS thing, but like to wait until the the creator dies to be like, all right, cool. Now. So what do we want to do with SpongeBob now? (laughs) Now that the boss is gone, we can make SpongeBob whatever we want. The guy just dies and everybody's like, so he's gay, right? We are are all thinking it, right? (laughs) You know, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's maybe it goes back to the thing of like, once you put some art out there, it's not really yours. Not your yours it's not yours to, to own anymore. Yeah. At some point, you can't control what people use your fake name for. Shout out uh, Josh Tillman, whose fake name is Father John Misty. People forget about that. Yeah, I see you're still uh, gaming with, with Father John Misty. I am. I am. And uh, bad things happened this week. Got traded to the Florida Mar- the Miami Marlins. I'm not oh. happy about it. Father John Misty is going to find his way out of there real quick. I don't hate doing uh, gaming updates on uh, right, on this I'm podcast. Down. I still know absolutely nothing about video games, but I don't know. Yeah. So the update is that uh, I made a Father John Misty character in MLB The Show, and uh, we're taking him to the majors. He was originally drafted by the Detroit Tigers, had cool. a great, great rookie season in the minors, and then got immediately traded to the Miami Marlins, and he's not happy about it. Miami Marlins is tough. It's a bad organization. It's not fitting for uh, Father John Misty's vibe. It's not, but I think uh, he did move to um, he moved to New Orleans at one point. So it's That's very different from Miami. Kind of, but like, it's are the Marlins the closest baseball team to New Orleans? Atlanta, maybe. Uh, Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Braves, bro. Braves would be a great, pretty good one. That'd be that'd be a great one for him. So, like when we started, Mariners, obviously, when we started, I was talking with like the Twitch chat, and there was like a lot of brunch fans in there, and a lot of Father John Misty fans. And we were talking, we were like, what would be the best team for like Father John Misty's personality? I would think, uh, well, in I thought the Tigers were a pretty good one. Tigers, the Tigers is good. are just like a depressing organization yeah very murky very mundane um yeah. in only son of the ladies man he says uh i'm a dodgers fan 
So Dodgers would be good. Mm-hmm. Also, there's like a very, there's just something very musical to me about uh, the Dodgers jersey. Like the yeah. white Dodgers jersey, um, Glenn Fry of the Eagles always wore one, and I like. There's just something like very like seventies and like like I feel like the Dodgers jersey jersey goes well with like long hair. And, yeah, I feel like the Dodgers jersey is like a culture in itself. Yeah. Like it carries I mean, a sort of culture to it. I mean, every time Mitchell and Ness has like a ninety percent off sale. I'm always like, is this is this is this it? Is this when I get the Dodgers jersey? Well, I have a lot of like semi Dodgers gear because uh, my buddy James Sullivan, uh, he does the the um, social media for Highland Park Brewery. Oh right, which yeah. is right across the street from Dodger Stadium, their tasting room. Which, by the way, if anybody's in that area, go to the Highland Park Brewery tasting room in Chinatown because their beers are fucking phenomenal. Um, but they like all their merch, like a ton of their merch is Dodgers themed. That's and great. so I have like a ton of like pseudo Dodger gear. I mean, you've got the the hat that says beers, beers, which is like amazing. It's, it's the best hat. It's the best hat and the best uh, SNL sketch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still get unbelievable mileage out of cousin cj saying who cares and throwing cares? his stool against the wall <laughs> i i mean the, i i love that clip and i also love the beer's all that matters to me yeah. now <laughs> beer's so all that matters to me we're all out cj and that's that oh man ellen have you seen the beers sketch on no but SNL? i mean the way you recreated it i'm sure that's <laughs> uh, it's Larry David. That's it. Well, let's just obsessed with beer. Let's just recreate it a little more. All right. So these two guys, uh, cousin CJ is coming to visit. It's got a very like step by step, like nineties kind of uh, it's like kids family sitcom to it, and like all the transitions are like you're like classic like. What? Oh, let me just grab this guitar. <laughs> like shit, like that, and. Um, and uh, it's these two guys, like all their time, they're so excited to go for a bike ride the next day. One of their cousins, cousin CJ, is coming into town. It is clearly elderly Larry <laughs> David. And all he wants to do is sit around drinking beers. And whenever one of them is away, whenever um, not uh, whenever Beck Bennett is away, he throws tantrums in front of Kyle Mooney, smashes chairs, eventually stabs him. It's <laughs> it's very very good. It's it's very clearly. I didn't see it when it aired initially, but I can guarantee you it was on between twelve thirty five and twelve fifty five. It was in like that last half hour of SNL mm-hmm. where they're like, "Well, let's just put anything on." Like we back in the day, they'd time. be like, "All right, time for Mulaney's sketches," you know, like <laughs> the, like the especially weird ones. And now I feel like that's when they use. Um, kyle mooney's shenanigans so that was pretty cool that was in i would say that was very wine actually esque in that the discussion and explanation of the uh beer sketch was probably longer than the actual beer this sketch. Actual yeah. sketch. that's what yeah. we like to do now you don't have to see it because now it's you, like i saw right now you've heard it in uh in full detail dj how's your fitness going right now quite good i'm running every day seriously not joking How's that? It's uh, it's a work in progress. It'll probably get, it, or it could get better. Who knows? I'm not going to promise it's going to get better. It could get better. It's possible. Oh, how's your workout? Uh, your your uh, fitness going? You yeah. look great. Yeah, I I feel great and I look great. 
Okay, great. Well, when most people are trying to lose weight, I'm assuming that neither of you are because you both look fantastic. Oh, no, uh, I'm trying to lose weight. Let me tell you. Okay, well, <laughs> well, our next sponsor is great for you because uh, whether you actually start exercising or not, the results are normally the same. Uh, I say the same because losing weight is all about nutrition. So you're really wasting your time by working out because you should just be focusing on nutrition. I mean, I was going to say I'm also focusing on nutrition, but I but not as well as Awaken 180 could. could there you go. Me. You know exactly okay. where we're going because one <laughs> Awaken 180 weight loss uh, gives you customized nutrition plans, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight for your first week and each week after until you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep that weight off for the long term. But wait. What? I need something for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, what do you know it? Awaken 180 will provide you free support for life. It's unbelievable yeah. that you or you asked that very uh, appropriate <laughs> question at the right time. It's worked for guys like Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Dan Ray, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. Now it's your turn. Call the long-term solution for weight loss and the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox. Wow. I mean, holy crap. (laughs) Awaken 180 Weight Loss, unbelievable. You can find it online at awaken180weightloss.com. And let me tell you, Kyle Draper was was a good-looking dude pre-Awaken 180. That guy, every ounce that he wanted to get rid of vanished. So... Awaken 180 does something, man. Awaken 180. You know what it does? What's that? It awakens your best self. It awakens your best self, and it gives you that support for life. Life. For free. Uh, For free. It just keeps going. Uh, We want to give some support to uh, our buddy Chaps. Uh, Very... uh, very, very sad news. Chaps announced uh, from, from Barstool. You may have heard him on uh, one of the Hot Guys versus Weathermen episodes. That uh, He was yeah. on one of those? Yeah. Oh, was yeah. The third one? Third one. Uh, third, I think, yeah. And, uh, but he, yeah, he, he announced this weekend that, uh, that he has Parkinson's, which is uh, obviously, obviously devastating news, but uh, he's just... I don't know. Like he's the best. He, I love he, him. He he is the the the, the best. And everybody, uh, there's like a lot of like online friends that we make, you know, and uh, just like by Twitter followers or whatever. But I mean, like think of the impact that that guy and his his classic goofing has had on on so many people. I mean, he announces this terrible news, and just like all I could, I went on Twitter last night while I was playing poker, and like all I could see was just like everybody tweeting about him and uh it's it's well deserved because because he's the best so i mean there are just like some of those people like we have online friends but we don't really know them and i don't really know chaps like in real same. life we've we've talked to him had conversations and had him on the podcast before but like there are some people that you just you just don't know like who they are and and like if they're, they're if they're actually good people like you you know them online you like their online personalities but like chaps is one of those people that i can say with 100 percent certainty he is an unbelievable human good egg a good yeah. egg. And so uh, I think Chaps is, is uh, near and dear to my heart. I love the guy, and yeah. I only wish the best for him. He has a yeah. fantastic podcast too, which I would highly suggest. I haven't gotten into Zero Blog Thirty, but I've heard great things. So yeah, it's a military podcast, but it's also for civilians, and they are hysterical. I mean, I, mean, he's, I, love, he, I love Chaps. I love you. Cons. Learn a lot. Is about is the Kate is Kate on it? Kate's on it. All right, Kate's so that's pretty funniest. loaded probably the funniest person at Barstool, sorry chaps, but 
I actually, so I don't, uh, I'd have to really think about any sort of like power ranking, ranking of uh, barstool people in terms of funniness, but Kate is like legit, as like the funniest does sound right. Kate's like, I, she's so unique. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just based this on, on her Twitter and she's like the best. just shit that she posts. So classic Sorry. brunch. We're trying to wish chaps, heartfelt chaps message, which reminds us how fair, awesome is Kate. Chaps brought Kate in. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's like, there you That's go. because Credit he's so talented. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a great brain. That yeah. he's bringing in these these the Big funniest brains. the funniest people at Barstool. So good for Chaps. I mean, yeah, I love them. Only the best. Yeah, uh, bless bless you, Chaps. We're uh, we're all gonna obviously remain huge huge fans because you're gonna keep pumping out. He's got many awesome good shit. years ahead of him. Oh yeah, any any any. And we if all it, do. if it's a Chaps year, it's a good year. You know. Yeah. So so best of luck and all the love to uh, to to Chaps. That is one good egg. All right, crux of the episode, I would say, uh, king of Staten Island, huh? At first, I, I mean, we have to talk about uh, the guy that I texted you about this week, uh, the Twitter account. It's just like the the uh, I need to talk about it. Oh, Tedrick Twitter account. So the, 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 yes, there's a there's a Twitter account that only uh, retweets and uh, makes fun of Trump, right? Yes, it's so his entire account is dedicated to uh, responding to every tweet that Trump has, and okay. it's like supposed to be humorous and it's supposed to be like burning Trump in the replies of every tweet. And it is just like I, I hate this guy more than anybody on Twitter. I absolutely hate him. That's not how I thought that was going to go. No, I mean, no, like, I, 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 th- I think I don't know. It's it's weird because you certainly can uh, respect taking umbrage. With uh, one one Donald J. Trump, sure, I, I absolutely do. But, but I, I but you, you don't like, like the way you go about it. I don't like the oh. performative aspect of like doing it for clout every gotcha. single time. Gotcha. And it's, it's worked for him. He's gotten like four hundred thousand followers, and all of his tweets get a ton of engagement because he's in the replies of Trump. Yeah. But like he is oh, not that strategy. Not fun. I was just I was just thinking that, and I was also thinking like not to. This sounds like Ellen and I are about to gang up on Pete. But I can see how... Sounds like I might start doing but, it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see how when you see someone get like a shitload of followers in a bullshit way, you'd be pissed. Like as like as a good Twitter user, I am offended yeah. that this person... But like, I'm not even like offended about his audience. I'm offended that like... I, it just makes me so mad that he like got like a little taste of clout and was like, this is going to be my entire personality. Yeah, I, because I'm it's not, like, but if, that's like what Twitter. That's what you do on Twitter. Not necessarily. Like you can get like a little bit of clout and like build on that and maybe expand. Can you but give when, me an example? I mean, I, I'm not so doing his, any of those things, so I don't. <laughs> his entire presence on Twitter is just making fun. Read a Donald Trump tweet and then read a reply. I'll, so I'll read you the last three regular tweets that he's sent. I'm sorry, but I will never stop finding it funny as hell that the guy who has spent his entire life mocking the weak and helpless is now falling straight the fuck apart before our very eyes. Okay. 6,000 retweets. Could have been talking about anyone there, by the way. Right. Pretty unfair (laughs) of us. That was about you, DJ. (laughs) That was was very vague. That was was a soccer tweet. (laughs) Pretty unfair of us to expect the guy who doesn't understand how science works or how campaign finance law works or or how not cheating on your wife works or how not running a casino works or how not closing a fucking umbrella for fuck's sake works to suddenly understand how ramps work. 
So I, I wouldn't hate that tweet. If, two things. If Jeff tweeted it instead of him, and if he didn't have the for fuck's sake in there, the for fuck's yeah. sake does is does sound very uh, performative. And now I think we right. are getting into it's, the we're getting the we're being white so people canceling white people for like <laughs> silly reasons now. You can't dominate the battle space until you can first dominate a ramp. That one's not too bad. <laughs> okay, so holy fucking shit, the president of the United States is the United States is an eagerly, easily triggered snowflake. So he tweets stuff like that all the time. That is like quite low hanging fruit. So yes, it's all so it's like holy shit, this guy sucks. It's like, well, when you only tweet about that and you dedicate your entire life to tweeting about how the how Trump sucks, you don't get to tweet like holy shit, this guy sucks. You know what he because is? Because you're he's, dedicating your life to like studying that. He's he's Joe Bluth on his first day at Sitwell Enterprises when he has the idea for uh single city. Yeah. And then the next day his idea is uh for uh, a community where only single people live called Swing City. <laughs> and the next day, it's like, and it's just the same idea every day until he gets to fuck mountain. Right. <laughs> it, but I, it's like, I hate yes, that. The first, the first one worked, okay? So you can't just keep repackaging it. Right. So that's my biggest issue with this guy. Uh, and I guess the, the amount of success that he has bothers me too. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's very funny that he has a Patreon link to his account and his, his Patreon has like, 40 people Wait, subscribed to it. What does he do? He does that. He's not a person of relevance. He just like tweets that, right. that Trump's a joke. I can do this. I'll t- <laughs> it's like, is, what's the link to the Patreon? Um, I mean, also you definitely do it better. So like, please dethrone this guy I, yeah, as I mean, like, my job. the ultimate Trump hater. You know who else does that? And I recently followed him. Uh, I think Ellen might be familiar with him. Maybe you won't be. Do you know who Richard Marx is? No. Okay, Richard Marx was a uh, singer in the the 80s. He sang Right Here Waiting for You. He wrote um you got you to know that song, right? Can you sing it? Wherever you go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever he, you do. Yeah, he's got that great raspy voice. He's got just like, oh my god, he was a heartthrob back in the day. Um he you also like you're like 85 <laughs> he wrote uh Back in my day i'm, I'm getting Marks there could get it. i'm getting there uh he also wrote um he wrote this i promise you by insane mm. and produced it wow great song which i i mean that is very similar possibly oh yes very 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 <laughs> similar and if memory serves jc shazay's audition song for mickey mouse club was uh right here waiting for you and that, and uh, this, I promise you, is the JC showcase of all showcases. They have Justin just barely limp through the first verse, and then they're like, "All right, JC, here you go, take over the rest of the song." That's like that might be top one in sync for me. Yeah, well, that JC a, did carry the show. Oh my god! Thank you. I got in this so argument. You're talking last to the night. right person with that take. <laughs> yeah, I a very good way of. Uh, I, don't know, I, I like these little litmus barometers. Test. Like, well, yeah, they're like the litmus test. So, like, you go up to someone, like, "Hey, who do you think has a who do you think's a better vocalist, Beyonce or Adele?" And when they say Adele, you are like, "Okay, now I know that they don't even come close to knowing what they're talking about." Another one, and it, this might be a little tougher, is who was more valuable to NSYNC, J.C. Shazay or Justin Timberlake? And mm-hmm. I can understand why you would say Justin because he's more famous, but man, they. 
the game plan with NSYNC was to have JC do all the heavy lifting because he's definitely a better, definitely a better singer. Well, what I, would say, I, would, I would say Lance Bass is the most important member of NSYNC for the culture. There you go. Okay. Um, Backstreet Boys, most valuable member. Nick or Brian. So most people I think would say Nick. And then a lot of people would say, no, it's Brian. And then here comes Dave saying, actually, it's Kevin. AJ. No, it's. <laughs> so I got in this argument oh, last night. Oh, yeah. Everyone forgets AJ because he's short. Right. Well, AJ. That's Brian. <laughs> that's Brian. No, Brian's a tall, I mean, handsome one. No, AJ, that's Kevin. No, AJ. AJ wait, actually no, 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 does no, no. have wait, some We need to clear this up because Ellen is absolutely 100% thinking of the wrong person. AJ is the jacked, tattooed, uh, like badass looking guy. But oh, he's like, I think. With the thick eyebrows? I think, yeah, I think he's a little bit of a thing, right? I think, I'm pretty sure he's short. Mm. Let's look up, look up Backstreet Boys by height. Backstreet <laughs> Boys. That would be a great quiz. We should come up with like, I don't know how we could do this, but like, brunch uh, quiz book oh so it's that no the, that's the far right no that's kevin yeah that's kevin that's not who you all right i'm looking at them brian. all standing in a row and that's it would appear <laughs> okay that is brian and that's kevin so they're, oh, so they're cousins it would appear I like kevin kevin is the tallest followed by nick Kevin's and then it looks good. like aj does have like a drop on howie but howie's standing up straight brian's posture's so, trash wait which photo. one's howie is the, howie the one with the beard or is Howie the one clean shaven with like the faux hawk? Damn, they look a lot different than they. I don't even know what they look like now. I'm trying to think. What did they look like back in the day? All right. Uh, Who is that? That's Nick. That's Nick. Looks a lot different these days. Age will really catch up with you. Uh, and drugs. Howie was just for for lack of better term. No, no offense. Is Howie like buddy. the bad boy? No, AJ was. Okay, so, okay, okay. So, yeah, uh, now I get it. AJ was... You AJ think AJ had, is the most important? Yeah, he had the okay. most unique voice, and he did He did a lot of the the the, J, the JC work of, like, the, hey, uh, we need you to either sing a... For, uh, I want it that way. Again, I, I think that the, the trick with boy band value, member value, is to look at who sings the second verse. Second verse is a very, very important. It's a turning point of a song because it's where they give you something you've already had, but they beef it up a little bit. Typically, it's with uh, something either percussive or uh, like they'll either add a piano or they'll add a shaker or they'll add something that just really beefs it up a little bit. But for boy band where you're just so focused on on the voice, they'll have somebody with like a light, a lighter voice sing the first verse and they'll have somebody with some real with a really nice chest voice, such as JC, his chest voice was unbelievable, or AJ. So Dude, Brian usually does there. the first verse. He's yeah. Like, Tell me why. That one? I mean, that was the yeah. whole group. But no. AJ does the, AJ does the, am I? The, in the second yeah. verse. And then he does the, you sign up. Like, and he's, he's doing like <laughs> yeah. more ad libs and more <laughs> descant type of stuff. So they, yeah. they, they, they give the, the tougher stuff to the, the, the folks who can handle it. And that's your AJs and that's your JCs. So I, say, I guess initial I think I think uh I think that InSync is superior because I I can have I can have more identifiable voices in InSync. Like Backstreet Boys, I feel like they're just like a group. I can't I don't really know them other than Brian. I mean Howie has the bridge of uh of like show me the meaning of being ah. lonely. But, you know, Lance and, I mean, Chris sang the first verse of Drive Myself Crazy, which is a great, so that's, that's top three in sync. I think I'm realizing I just really like InSync's ballads. But uh, 
Chris singing in the beginning of that, but other than that, you're not getting a lot of you're not getting a lot of Lance singing, and no. you're definitely not getting a lot of Joe Heat singing. No. I, Backstreet Boys actually spread the ball around a bit. Yeah, more. they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do, but I think that they have more identifiable voices in NSYNC. Oh, yeah. Backstreet which, Boys, girl. Which I mean, which I guess makes sense because they had people from NSYNC who like made solo careers. Nobody from Backstreet Boys was really able to do that. I still wonder what the hell happened to JC. JC. He, I, I mean, I've said this before. But I think, that, I think that he tried to go too steep into like, I'm in back or I'm in sync and I want to fuck you and I have making fuck you music. Oh like, boy, did he, he went so what hard was the single into afterwards? It was like uh, it was blowing really me dirty. up, <laughs> blowing me up. Tara readers in the video. I love that song. I still put that on playlist. He tried to the, go. She was disco like, lights on a Friday night moves across the floor. But he's like screaming. Oh, he's like yeah. Sugar! he's like really going nuts. And then it goes. She was uh 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 uh. Blow me up with her love. But the uh-uh-uhs were not like I just did. They were a lot more suggestive. Uh, he did the old, uh, he did the Miley Cyrus. Like, I would need to get rid of this Hannah Montana image. Exactly. And I need, and I need to coming, know the pants that I'm, are gone. I'm trying to F. Yeah. yeah. I, think that he did, I think that he did it too, too uh, aggressively. Like, Justin took his time a little bit. Yeah, J- Justin meandered a little bit, but also... Justin's first album, if memory serves, wasn't was, very good. But it was also produced by Pharrell and Timbaland. So like yeah. Justin had a safety net that I don't think anybody has ever had when they began their career. Potentially mm-hmm. Jacob Dylan, because they gave him Adam Duritz singing backup on Sixth Avenue Heartache. What a song. That would be a good thing Which, to, to great tie look in. at. Great tie-in to our uh, our movie discussion because one headlight has a uh, prominent role in King of Staten Island. Right. I was a little, I was like, you know, people know the lyrics better than, than you, you guys are letting on. You would be surprised. I feel really? Like when, don't you feel For like people that's what of people that, do? People of that age bracket definitely I mean, wouldn't know. When you're wasted? Yeah, right. true. Yeah, because One Headlight was probably a little late for them. That would be like a, like a Maroon 5 song coming out yeah. now. It's very easy. It could be ubiquitous, and I still wouldn't necessarily check it out that much or, or know about it so like years down the road if i hear it i don't know what would be a good example like if uh i think pete davidson would have known the lyrics better uh because it would have been like more in his sort of wheelhouse of of music interests as like a maybe young i think he would have been quite i think i think that he was too young for one headlight to really get it in the i mean i, I mean like, i can too but it like came around for me okay yeah i was gonna say i consider one headlight to be a smack dab in the the prime of my I'm a kid checking it's like out the late music. 90s, right? Early yeah, 2000s. I, I feel like, like 96, I know that well. something like that. Okay. That was a game that uh, we were playing. Uh, when did Bringing Down the Horse come out? Um, this is a game that I played on Zoom uh, with my friends when we'd play poker afterwards. 996, nailed it, Dave. Wow, uh, good job. I would uh, play a bunch of songs from the 90s one by one, and uh, everyone guess would guess what year. It's pretty fun. Yeah. You haven't watched uh, Insecure this season, have you? Yeah. No, 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 no. So they, no. so they play a game in that where they just uh, they guess they name a celebrity and you try to guess the height. That's like great. That game. Yeah. We should do. We basically, I mean, just did that. I was gonna say they kind of <laughs> ripped off our game of ordering boy bands by yeah. by height. DJ, you betting on anything lately? You bet. Oh wow! <laughs> Nailed it. Well, that's good because there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner in Bet Online. 
sports are slowly making their way back into uh, into our lives with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. I'm very excited uh, about MLS. And I'm excited the, uh, about and I'm I'm excited about NWSL and MLS. Oh, that's right. Yeah, good good call. Good call. Uh, don't want to get canceled. Bet online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Need more bet online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports. Oh, well, bet online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. That's betonline.ag. So yeah, let's let's talk about King of uh, of, of Staten Island. It's a uh, it's a love letter to my whole family, according to Pete Davidson, which is good because we love a good love letter here on brunch. And also yeah. Pete Davidson obviously lost his dad very young. Um, Pete's, so Pete's entire life put, is a love letter to his entire family. Right. So all he ever talks about is his family, which is cool. I mean, a lot of comedians always talk about their family. Think of that. Uh, who's that stupid guy that I don't think he's stupid, but uh, he's like the Dane ultimate. Cook. No, Chris. Oh, Chris Delia. Sorry. <laughs> he's like the same thing. He's like the, uh, um, he's the, uh, Jim, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, he's, he's like the higher. ultimate dad joke guy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. His whole career is like, I've got kids at all. Oh my, it's tough keeping up with the kids, which I God, got like, a minivan. Uh, right. Hey, God bless. That's great. Everybody those, in the crowd's like, Oh shit. <laughs> those jokes are really funny, but I always, uh, I always find it funny when someone loves that a comedian talks about their children. That was definitely yeah. a thing with Kevin Hart for a time. Mm-hmm. He's actually he got himself in trouble there. Remember when he talked about it's the like, kids at the birthday party? Not LGBTQ friendly. Anyway, uh, Pride so, Month to Kevin Hart. So I'm excited to talk about King of Staten Island. I don't know what you guys think of it yet, but I'll say this: it's a 71 on Rotten Tomatoes with a 90 audience score, and I think the truth is exactly in the middle i think it's like a high b minus i think it loses a letter grade because the first half is a mess but the second half of this movie is as enjoyable as movies get and i i i, I watched i rewatched the second half of this movie twice because i love the second half of this movie so much but the first half of it is really it takes really, a while to really get somewhere poor. Right. Just like really poorly. Uh, the, the structure of it is is all over the place. But I still think the end result is like a, a movie in the B range that very easily could have been in the, the A range if it were uh, were handled a bit better. What do you guys think? I thought that it was I thought that it was good. Um, I didn't think that it was like spectacular or anything mm. like I think that those scores I didn't see the Rotten Tomatoes uh, before we came on here, but I think those scores seem correct like those it seems like a like not a critic's dream because there are problems and there are issues with it but like it's a movie that mostly everyone will like yeah what do you think ellen i liked it but i feel like if you took pete davidson out and put in another actor whose father didn't die as a firefighter and like didn't have this connection to staten island then the movie is just trash 
So I say it's trash, uh, but like it's it definitely feels more. Like I was way more connected to it. Yeah. Right, I was gonna say a, a big part of the connection it's got is an emotional your own connection to, to Pete Davidson. Yeah, right? it's, like, it's got an emotional hook to it, and it is Pete Davidson. That hook is Pete Davidson. Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah. So my my issue was like the the first half. I think this could have been so easily done. Like essentially, what should be the first third of the movie ended up taking up half of the movie and you could have easily cut restaurant stuff, friends stuff, um, stuff with Ray's kids. And if you did that, then you would have the first like third of the movie a bit more focused on um, what's his uh, Scott's non-family time, having a bit more focus on Kelsey, which ended up being important because you watch that whole movie and you have no idea what he thinks of Kelsey or that she matters mm-hmm. to him. And then at the yeah. end, he ends up realizing <laughs> that, that he loves her and says yeah. that to her. And it, it falls, it falls extremely flat. And you, sure you're, does. you're, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a, a relative who's a firefighter who loved the firefighter stuff. I love the firefighter stuff in this too. And he was saying like, it's, it seemed like the movie was building up for uh, Ray dropping him off for him to take the test. That's what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so, he, and instead it's, uh, and it's great. He's going to, to see Kelsey, but we didn't know that he cared that much about Kelsey nope. because nope. she was such an afterthought in the first half of the movie and really throughout the entire, throughout the movie, entire movie, honestly, like, right. he, like he, there's never a point where you're like, Oh wow. He, he, he cares really about her. Loves her. Yeah. <laughs> like even like the, the scene before, like they have like this big, Relevation, revelation, whatever that he loves her is like him using her for housing, mm-hmm. right? Fucking so for shelter. Like, you never get in like an indication that he truly cares about this yeah. person, right? And also another thing they really failed to do, or a, a, a way the the timeline, the structure is thrown off because that first half is so bloated. You don't know if Ray's a good guy or what Ray's about Wait, until like two thirds. But I think he? that's fine. No, yeah, like so. I think that's fine. No, I, I think you don't know anything about any of the characters other than Pete. Da- Pete Davidson plays like uh, a kind of burnout who just sits around with his friends all day, and that's un- so you know about him and you know about his friends. But it's all very surface level stuff for really like two thirds of the movie, and I think that's a waste. Yeah, and so like I, I I'm okay with not knowing who Ray is because like that gives you sort of the perspective of being able to kind of like relate to Pete and trying to figure out whether this is a good guy or not. Yeah. But then when he talked to his ex-wife and said he lost all the money and he didn't want to see his kids, I was like, I hate this guy. And Pete's right. Yeah. But then it gives, it gives, it gives Ray the opportunity to kind of like explain himself. But he never did. Yeah. That's so that's the issue. Like that would be easier solved to have like, there be a more clear explanation to be like, oh, this is why, like, this was a fucked up move by Pete because he didn't get this side of the story. Yeah. Once, so it, it takes things that that should be established earlier take too long to get to because they, I, I don't, know, I really they just like dilly dally for like an hour and fifteen minutes in what it could be like towards the beginning. It felt like there was like a checklist of things that Pete wanted in like his first movie. Like, like a list of jokes. And he was like, I got to make sure I get these jokes off. And like someone throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
And so like, that's kind of, that's what it kind of was. It was kind of just like joke vomit in the first hour or so. Which I don't, it's funny. I don't think that, I don't think it was good. So I I didn't think the jokes were particularly funny. I thought that like, it obviously had funny moments, but I didn't think that, um, I'm trying to remember like, were any of the, the one liners particularly good? I mean, I think it was like the first scene where it was, um, where like they were fucking with that girl. Yeah, like, the knock knock. Uh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I thought like, that was eh. pretty fucking good. I thought that the uh, the tattoo scene was hilarious, mm-hmm. where he was tattooing the little kid. Oh yeah, very that fucking w- funny. Yeah, that should have been in like the first twenty minutes of the movie, the first like twenty five minutes of the movie, because that gets everything moving. Yeah, there, there's just like a lot of ways they could have condensed certain things, and I, I so after I saw it, I tweeted like. uh King of Staten Island, like, I liked it, B minus, way, way too long. Like, really, really had some, some structural staple issues. Of, staple of so, Judd Apatow. So, every tweet, every response was like, yeah, well, it's a Judd Apatow movie. I'm like, but, well, then just but listen it, it one time, too long. It felt too long in the beginning rather than the end because the, the staple of Judd Apatow movies is like the last 30 minutes drags. And it's just like, okay, we didn't need this. We didn't yeah. need this at the tacked on at the end. Whereas this was kind of the opposite where it's like, we didn't need this stuff at the beginning. Also, right. I didn't like how he wants to be a tattoo artist. And then we all like think he's terrible. And then he draws that nice picture and we're <laughs> like, Oh, he's actually really talented. And then he lets, and then Ray lets him tattoo his back. And you think it's going to be something. Amazing. I thought it was going to be something amazing. Like, wow, he's really talented. Still pretty bad. <laughs> and it's still awful. So that's, that's where I, I like when, when movies, are like life in that realistic aspect. where it's like like, like he's not they, just gonna get amazing what ended up happening was he got a little better <laughs> and i mean he just so badly needed to make any sort of progress in any any area of his life that that actually i agree like i i was taken aback by how bad the, the, the back looked <laughs> yeah because it was like still very bad but he went from uh, like it was better than the obama thing like the the, the yeah. faces were still terrible but i'll say this as a on a side note for pete davidson i like that a lot of pete davidson's tattoos are bad because that's a really cool signature look you know like i like that i like the the heart behind his ear it's not great wait, wait is that a is that an ariana, it's a grande, cover actually? It's ariana grande yeah what was was it no, supposed had, to be the bunny, he had the bunny ears and then when oh. they broke up he put a heart over it oh okay well gotcha i didn't, didn't mean to bring up any uh any uh source well, of I think he'll side, be okay. She got his dad's badge number tattooed on her. It's very fucking weird. Dude. Which is wicked weird. It's way weirder to do that than it is to interesting. Um funny years. Before we get into uh I want to get into some of the performances, but first I'll run through some uh some notes. Uh he definitely didn't feed the cat. No, for sure. Cat's definitely dead. didn't feed the cat. Cat's the dead. Cat. Oh my god, I forgot about the cat. So no, did he. Not a single scene of him feeding the cat. Also, he right. could have just stayed at that kid's house. If he was going to feed the cat, he could have just stayed there. That's true. It's like, what is the, what's the kid going to do? Beat him up? He's in jail. Hmm. Right. Uh, this was very fun. I was uh, texting Pete when I was watching it. Uh, I, te- I was texting him like maybe halfway through it. Um, and I said we were talking about doing something. I was like, okay, I'll do it once I finish the depressed Irishman because I was a little annoyed by how long the movie was. And then here comes action Bronson. Yeah. I was going to, I thought, so I figured that was what part of that part, uh, figured into why you called it the depressed Irishman. No, that was before action Bronson came in and you want to talk about unnecessary. 
Yes. That's it. I, I lo- again, I loved the second half of the movie, but A, it told us nothing because he would have done that in the beginning. And he would, if a guy needed to go yes. to the hospital, he would have got, he was still a well-intentioned person right. and you still would have been high then. Um, and there's so many there. You so easily could have, that was such uh, a reunited Ray yeah. and the mom in any other different scene, any other way. Yeah. Could have yeah, yeah. very unnecessary. I thought that was going to be a part where like Pete got it together and like packed the wound and called the ambulance and like did something and felt good about himself. Yeah. I also get uh, the bare minimum. He stole an ambulance and drove it to the, the hospital. Right. I get some, uh, I get, I get douche chills now and, uh, Apatow movies still do the thing of where they'll keep the camera rolling and they'll shout out for a character to say a million different lines. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, er, like every movie does this now. Um, a good example though is like LeBron with Amy Schumer uh, when they're watching, when they're on the sidelines talking and LeBron's like, they gave yeah. him like 50 lines to use and they use like the two funniest ones. There's definitely one of those with Action Bronson when he's bleeding and in the oh, emergency yeah, yeah. room. Yeah, like, when they were like wheeling him in or whatever. No, my mom, this, tell my yeah. dad that, tell my si- uh, tell my sister I know she's my mom. And I'm like, that was a good line, but I'm <laughs> like, uh, I, I just, I just felt so weird about that that clearly they they were just Apatow was just sitting there barking these these lines at him. Um what else do I have for notes? Uh really just the, the action broads thing didn't need to be there. Uh this I'll ask this now. Are firefighter movies the best? Because I think they might be. They might I be. I love yeah. the firefighter stuff in in this movie and we loved only the brave. And like, I don't know, like, should I start watching Chicago Fire? Well, because everyone loves firefighters. Like they don't, they yeah. can't harm. Like firefighters are all, can only make things better. The, the firefighter stuff in this movie was great. It was just like all sorts of camaraderie. Uh, shout out Steve Buscemi. The young man got the and. You love to see it. You see that in the credits? Deserved it. He got the and. Did you guys know that Steve Buscemi was a firefighter? Yep. I did not. Oh, I you didn't, didn't know You didn't that. know? It's like a huge thing of his that he is a very proud firefighter. I believe his family was, his I dad was that. a firefighter. He's such a nice man. Yeah, he was a firefighter and uh, After 9-11, he, he was like, he was like, got back into it. He, yes, yeah, yeah. He went yeah. back and worked 12-hour shifts mm-hmm. uh, in the days following 9-11. Shout out Steve Buscemi. He's he's, awesome. he's the best. He's yeah. the absolute best. I look um, up. All I loved the. Time. the fi- I love the fire. I think there was like some uh, some real firehouse guys. There were in, in the uh, in the movie, like like that worked with his dad. Mm-hmm. Maybe no, there was. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and, like I don't know if this is true, but my we watched it with my cousin, and she said that story about in the movie Pete's dad like hanging out of the sky, the mm-hmm. uh, sunroof. Sun. Like that's a true story, and that Pete's dad did do that. Oh, cool. And that guy, that guy in the firehouse who was just a mammoth of a man coming out of the shower. Did you see that guy? Oh, yeah. The guy that says, like, I know your father. Or, yeah. like, thanks for your that sacrifice. That dude's got to be a real firefighter. One, because he's just a gigantic human. And yeah. two, he was a pretty bad actor. No, I feel like he's too, like he's like a bodybuilder. I've he's never seen a probably firefighter both. look like that. I was going to say, like, I, would, I, would, I would feel great if he was a firefighter. Yeah. I might just like the world is a safer, fire so that guy comes in and saves The world saves is me. a safer uh, place if that man <laughs> is uh, a firefighter. But yeah, that's... yeah. You, Punch the fire right in the face. Obviously, you weren't going to get into that stuff with the, all the camaraderie of the 
the firefighters until the second half of the movie. Like I, I liked that they had the scene at the minor league baseball game in the beginning mm-hmm. where there's that kind of like surface level interaction between them. And yeah. it's like a very Gordon Bombay. Uh, I, I hate hockey and I don't like kids. So like he, Pete Davidson gives them the, like, I don't like firefighters. I think they're really selfish. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Fuck firefighters. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, Ooh, I bet they're all going to come together. <laughs> I bet his. I bet he's gonna that 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 wall is gonna come crumbling down. He's gonna find some love in his heart. Also, the scene of him telling Ray he loved him, uh, kind of weird because got he there fast. Fucking with him, got there not. pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we've only said negatives about the movie. I, so I was prepared to defend my putting it in the B range, but I think that you guys agree, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's good. Charming movie, cute movie. Very cute. Not the best. Love Pete. I think that, that it, this movie might have benefited from the fact that it went straight to like home release. Because that's like just such a good movie to watch at home. And right. like not have to go anywhere. Like you don't have to really uh, raise or elevate your expectations. So I, I think that's a lot Wait of a people... Wait a second. Who, what? Okay, it's still recording. Good. Jesus. So, like, I the think the record button had gone away. I was scared. That's a very, like, sort of safe home movie. Yeah. So, I mean, Mine also. Is, like, sex scene within the first, like, two minutes. Tough when you're watching it with your girlfriend's parents. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so, let's get into the performances. I wrote down solid performances from Davidson and Maude Apatow, I would say. Big, Excellent. big Maude Apatow fan. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, not to, not, not to cheer for nepotism. But I don't know how you can't be a huge fan of that's the what I'm, Apatow That's what I'm girls. saying. Like, I, would be, I should be annoyed that she's in this movie. I should be annoyed that she's getting these roles from her dad. And right. you know what? I'm always down for yeah, Maude Apatow. Yeah, but no, she deserves them. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's, yeah. she can't, you she's can't a, complain a good about actress. It. She's I a great know. actress. I, I think that, that Iris might be... Might be better. Like, yeah. I, Iris is great. I, I, like, I wa- so good. I want to see... Incredible. Yeah, I mean, she she didn't she didn't blow me away in, in this. I don't think it's a necessarily a role that you could could blow away. But which I, one's the other Apatow? She's Iris. In, she wasn't in it. Uh, oh, so you you know when like knocked up and uh, this is forty like the the two little girls. Mm-hmm. That's Maude Apatow yeah. and uh, Iris Apatow. They oh, were like weird. little kids, the younger one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, oh. the, her, her younger sister Iris uh, plays Aria in Love, and she just plays like a, a child actor who is very uh, Sassy. spoiled, but like also just like, I don't know, just like over dealing with adults, like very, mm-hmm. very has it in her head that she's smarter than the adults and the adults are so stupid in that show that you're pretty sure she's actually correct. That Yeah. Iris Apatow is great. And Maude Apatow, uh, I thought solid in this movie, as was Pete Davidson, Marissa Tomei, I mean, what what else do you fucking want? She's always yeah. gonna kill it. The scene where she was an asshole, and she's sitting around drinking wine with her sister, mm-hmm. and and uh, gives gives Pete the old crazy old Maurice. <laughs> I'll help you out, and throws him outside. That was that was great. Uh, but Bill Burr is my takeaway, and Bashemi obviously is always going to be really good. Uh, cool of him that cool that he got got to get that that role. Um, but Bill Burr is my takeaway because mm-hmm. he is a really good actor. And we, mm-hmm. he, I, this is a, this is a different role for him. I'm glad that he got a role like this where it's uh, a bit more dramatic than your, uh, your Hubie or 
or Kubi? Kubi? What's uh, no Breaking Bad? Yeah, I don't know his name. Okay. But he was in that movie too with um, Sandra Bullock and Bird Meg- Watcher. Megan. Damn. You're really nailing Bird Box? Was that it? No, they're like cops. They go on a cover. It's South Boston. There's but the heat. The heat. Oh, how was that? It's fantastic. Have you not seen it? Eh, it's okay. I don't think so. Oh, it's hysterical. It's okay. He I've plays. Seen... A, he plays a guy from Boston, so it's not really like a stretch for him. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, it's just him being Bill Burr, basically. Right. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want him to keep having to do that because I think that a lot of like put Bill Burr in this movie is like, hey, we'll have him be this like sarcastic adult, which he obviously does very well because that's what Bill Burr is. But I thought that that he gave a great performance in this movie and it opens up this discussion. Who do you think is a better actor, Adam Sandler or Bill Burr? Because I know that projecting is involved, but I think Bill Burr is a better actor than Adam Sandler. And I think that we, we go so crazy for Adam. Like imagine if Adam, if Adam Sandler played this role in this movie, everyone would lose their mind. Like, Oh, see Adam Sandler. He's not just doing the silly voices. Look, look, he can really, really act. I go crazy when people get all excited about that, even though he, of course he can do that, but we all know that we don't have to keep saying it over and over again. I think that Bill Burr did this role better than Adam Sandler could have. And I think that, if Bill Burr continued to get dramatic roles, I think that he would be considered. Yeah, but that's better. so that's hypocritical because, like, when we talked about Adam Sandler, you you were like, you were like, well, do we really know that Adam Sandler's a good actor? Do we really know? No, I said like, do we done believe- like he's only done it in like two or three roles, right? And then, so then now then you're we saying saw, the same thing with saw, Bill Burr. You're like, you're like, I think Bill Burr is a great actor based on this one role. But, but nobody says that with Bill Burr. They were saying it with Adam sure, Sandler. Like, they, they, they saw maybe, Adam Sandler do something. Maybe they will now. But Hopefully. I feel like every time Adam Sandler does a serious role, people act like it's the first time he's done a serious role. Right. So, they're like, so they're like, Sandler could be a great actor. Sandler could be a great actor. And you get annoyed by that. Now you're saying when Bill Burr doing a serious role, you're like, I think Bill Burr could be a, so a great I guess, actor. I guess what I'm saying is I don't like that we do that with Adam Sandler. But if you're going to do it with Adam Sandler, then you better do it, do it with for Bill, Bill Burr, Burr too. too. Because okay. I think that Bill Burr is better in the kind of fringe role like this than Adam Sandler. But I don't think that Bill Burr has like established himself as like this silly, yeah. goofy guy like Adam Sandler has, where it's like such a, right. a change Good for call. him to be in a serious role. So I think that's why people are so surprised and are like so ready to push Sandler into a serious uh, discussion. Yeah, people don't. Yeah, they're they're not as like inclined to to remark to not take him seriously. Yeah, but he was he was excellent in this. Uh, He's very good. Yeah, shut up, Bill Burr. Hope he gets. Uh, hope he gets more more big that, big roles. Do we think that Pete Davidson was really good in this? I don't know. Uh, no, I thought I, th- I thought he was solid. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was great. And I, I, I thought that was like a Pete Davidson play Pete Davidson kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. Like I need, I, I want to see Pete Davidson do more. I want to see him like spread his wings and not be Pete Davidson. Oh, that's always been my, my thing. My yeah. thing with Pete Davidson has always been like, I remember the first time I saw him do uh stand up. It was incidentally, I was actually, I think the day before we recorded uh brunch for the first time, it was uh, because I went and saw Anthony Jeselnik for the first time. It was at the uh, oddball comedy thing, and Pete Davidson was there. It was on September 11th, and he made jokes about how his dad died in 9-11. And I remember his set wasn't great, but I came away from it being like, 
I hope he gets good. And mm. like, I'm rooting for like this, this is a, this is a likable kid and I'm pulling for him. And he's really had a career of this is a likable kid and we're all pulling for him because why, why wouldn't you, you got to cash in on that at some point? But it's, like, so, sorry, you gotta be, you gotta do something good though. Like you, you can't yeah. just continue to, I don't know. You, you, you can't, can't be a prospect your entire life. At, at some good point, way you need to reach it. that potential. Good way of putting it. Yeah. So like Randy said it pretty well. Uh, like I asked like, um, is, is Pete Davidson really great at anything? And Randy said, the only thing that he's great at is being Pete Davidson. Yeah. And I, and I don't know as a, uh, as a, a person who's spent a lot of my life, certainly every person's life is different and I've had a much, much easier life than Pete Davidson yeah. did. But like as a person who's like kind of brand before it was cool, was uh, being a depressed person, I'm very much aware like you're depressed and we're hoping the best for you is not necessarily, that's, that's not like the end goal, you know? Yeah. Like you, you want to do better and you want to be good at, at, at as many things as you try. And it's, yeah, it's similar to, yeah. Like, like you said, like being a prospect the, the, the whole time isn't satisfactory. You all, you also want to do work and become a star. He yeah. is a star. Yeah, but he's yeah, right, a right, star but he's a, for being Pete Davidson. But I think if you if you are if the best thing you're good at has gotten you that far, and if it's just you being yourself, like, right? So so then good. like so that's like then a people get then tired like, of you. You the, people will get Pete Davidson fatigue at some point if he doesn't end up doing something that like is I don't know. I think like, carry on. I don't think so. Like people aren't sick of like Will Farrell. Like he does the same thing. But all so the time, so I'll or, ask like, this. Kardashian. I'll ask this, and again, this is somebody who like. I love SNL and again, I, I like Pete Davidson and I'm hoping the best for him. Like what things has he done? What work of his do you like, or do you like Pete Davidson? Right. I think that, that most people would Will just Ferrell. answer. They like Pete Will Davidson. Will Ferrell has bombs. Pil- Will Ferrell has hits. Will Ferrell oh, yeah. has like pillars to stand on. I don't think that he's particularly, I think that I have Will Ferrell exhaustion, but I will always give Will Ferrell credit for being funny in a lot of the things that he's done. And if anything, we're more annoyed by Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. Like the, Oh, we get it. You like, you like USC. Okay. Like, come on. And (laughs) you can do the anchorman voice. Right. So So much of it is like, we just like your work so much. And Pete Davidson is the opposite. Polar opposite. I think that, that maybe if, if he worked for Barstool, and like that's how that's how he came to be known. Then maybe there would be like a lot of things he had done there, based on who he is, uh, that we'd say, okay, these things that Pete Davidson did were great. But I think it's kind of unspokenly acknowledged in this movie that like he hasn't done a lot mm-hmm. yet. You know, I mean, he made it to SNL at twenty-one years old. He didn't well, just get there by like right. But what, right, has, but he what has he done there? Yeah. I don't no, he's good at it. He though. just plays There's Pete Davidson on SNL. He's not on it a lot, like though. That. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. We don't have to give him credit for it. He still gets paid the same amount. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, again, that's like, that's my argument. Like, I don't think that he should. I don't I, I, I don't think this is going to sound like very boomer of like, you shouldn't get like paid until you, you prove yourself or anything. But I think that at some point, and I think that Pete Davidson would agree with this. There needs to be like the work and the success yeah. to show Pete for Davidson it. He individually is successful times. because he gets paid for it. Pete Davidson but, has said a million times that he doesn't know how or why he's still on SNL. 
and he doesn't want to be on SNL because he's not being allowed to do anything on SNL. He is a star. There are just some people I'm, who are I, just stars. I think that he is a star and he has star quality. He's also people like 25. are obsessed with him and I'm intrigued. Like when Pete Davidson does something, my ears perk up. I'm interested in Pete Davidson, but that doesn't mean that Pete Davidson is good. It just means that he has this it factor yeah. that he hasn't cashed in on yet. Right. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I what I, I agree completely with Pete. I think that he has not reached his potential. And again, I, I, I feel I mean, bad I as I'm saying not, this because I feel like I'm like speaking negatively about him. I think that this is all stuff that he acknowledges. That right. Well, he's also 25. Like I would hope that he hadn't done his best work yet. But he's been on SNL. But he hasn't done, again, like, best work. Like, he hasn't... There's not a lot of tangible stuff that someone who's been on SNL that long would would have by now. I think that this is his first step in the right direction, career-wise, that he's taken in a a long time. Yeah. Like, like outside of his personal life. Work-wise, this is... The first thing that he's done where I'm like, okay, Pete Davidson is heading in the right direction. Like I'm so, dating Ariana Grande was the best thing that ever happened to his personally, career. Personally, like so, for his career, yes, but that happened in his personal life. Right. So I'll not say in his work life. I'll but it was this, his career. Right. I mean, that was a step in the right direction for Pete Davidson, the brand, but not right. Pete Davidson's career or his So I, yeah, I, I think that, that we're arguing two things. Like, I think Pete and I are discussing his actual work and actual products and then I'm I not definitely to understand that Pete Davidson is a star. Right. He is a star right. and he but has he's the like, it factor. In, he's a star in the same way that like an Instagram model is a, a star where like mm-hmm. you're known for being who you are, which mm-hmm. is great. You have people's attention. That's not, but that's not what SNL cast members are. SNL, ca- like Kyle Mooney, who is not nearly as big a star as Pete Davidson, has accomplished a lot more than mm. pete davidson has like he's mm. he's given that show more sketches and they're, bo- and, and they're both comedians so like they're both comedians and if you were to say to me like who is funnier kyle mooney or pete davidson i think pete davidson is very funny but i can't grab any specific thing right pete davidson and hand it to you and say this is why this guy is funny i can do that with kyle mooney exactly unequivocally i would say I would say Kyle Mooney. So he's right. He he's individually successful, but he he hasn't achieved the, the things that someone who has been on SNL as long as he has would. And obviously, he's not always been available to be on on SNL. So you certainly take that in consideration. You don't you you don't you don't blame him for that, but anybody else really like I, I can't think of like jay farrow i think was on snl as long as pete davidson's been on and jay farrow was always kind of i always think of jay farrow as like untapped potential and he still did a lot more on snl than than pete davidson has i think that if you were to do like a uh lowest impact while being on the show for x amount of years i think that that pete davidson would be a a, a real candidate there I guess I just have a hard time criticizing people who are younger than me who have already like surpassed yeah. my success level by like a oh, million percent. God, please, everyone's going to be more successful than us. <laughs> Where, yeah, oh, I, I gave we up stink. on that forever we ago. Stink. We're failures. We suck. And, and that's why, and that's why it feels weird being like, I need Pete Davidson to do more than just be uh, 
known for being Pete Davidson. Like I would love for there to be some sketches or I would love for there to be like a good stand-up special or any of these things. And in my I opinion, why. I just feel like pr- really protective about him. You to me, you do. Yes. To, <laughs> yes. To, to I feel me, like he lived to like on, and I don't even mean this in a mean way, but like he lived to see another day. Like, I think he's doing good for Pete. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean that like we have to say that like he's killing it in his career. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I whatever. That, I, def- I stand with Pete. I think not this one. 